All right, Sean, whenever you're ready. Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. What we have right now is our standard five questions with our guest, Jeremy Wright, uh, who was our roving reporter at Handworks 2017, if you didn't already hear that. Um, uh, Jeremy, we're going to kick it right off, and I know you're familiar with these questions, so you should be. I have no problem. No problem. <laughs> I yeah, no pressure. Be, but... <laughs> no pressure at all. If you ask the questions, you better be able to answer them. Uh, Jeremy, how did you get into woodworking? Uh, I got into woodworking because uh, my dad was into DIY stuff uh, and woodworking my whole life. I can remember my first project. I was probably five or six, maybe seven, maybe. I don't know where how old I was. Um, but uh, he had an off cut that he had cut for like a pipe going through some, maybe a chimney or hole or something like that. And I drew a, drew a, it was kind of a weird shape, like a, a face at, in my mind. And I drew an eye on it and and put a nail in it and it became a coat rack for my grandma. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I remember moving her out of her, out of her apartment many years later on and it was uh, – it was still there. So, you know, of course, maybe there was other reasons she was holding on to it than my stellar craftsmanship <laughs> there. But, <laughs> but I, you know, so I can always, I would say that was probably the, the intro to woodworking, but then I've, uh, you know, bought a house and, you know, had stuff and, you know, just wanted to be creative and wanted to make stuff and then just kind of fell further and further down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. It'll catch you like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does. <laughs> so moving on to the second question, what is your favorite tool? Ooh, my favorite tool. Uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. These are surprising, even though I just asked these all to a bunch of other people. I'm not sure they would have a favorite tool so much as a favorite class of tools. Uh, okay. So I would say shaping tools. I love shaping tools. And, and so uh, I've kind of uh, recently got one of those uh, cuts all carbide okay. uh, burr thing. That's really fun. Can, let me uh, ask you. Got, I, I love the cuts all. Um, mm-hmm. did you get the newer ones that have all of the little points on them or the older ones, which are like the, the random carbide bits? It's the random carbide okay. bits. Uh, that was what Paul Leminski. Yes. Or whatever yeah. He, he was, uses he them. Your show. And I would mm-hmm. having, I have both styles, the random ones I find to be much nicer. I don't Is understand okay. the pointy ones. The pointy ones just leave trenches. Um, okay. The random ones. Yeah. Are, I wondered about that. They're the random ones I think are the way to go. Yeah, and then I have, uh, I would say I've got a like a, a Nicholson Milf, milled aluminum file, or it's not aluminum, but it's for milling or for cutting, I mean, but it's like a float. I like that for shaping stuff, and I like, uh, I got a Caleb James spoke shave that I really like, uh, just, you know, files and rasps and all that sort of stuff. I think that's kind of a, a big part of my uh, my things I like to do in the shop is kind of shaping, putting a curve and an organic flow to it and into stuff. I don't know if I would say I have a a specific favorite one, but it would probably be something like that. (laughs) I think that's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm partial to those kinds of tools too. It's just so much fun. It really is. (laughs) Until until you put like one too many gouges in something and then you're like, (laughs) That's why they make more wood. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah, but when you got, you know, 20 hours into something, you're like, (laughs) oh. Yeah, that's when you, you have a delicate touch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
No, so um, who has influenced you the most in woodworking? Uh, this is this is such a tough one, and even when I asked people this one, this was a tough one. Um, you know, I I would say that you know you've got you know you know getting introduced to woodworking from my my dad, or uh, you know I spent a lot of time growing up watching Roy Underhill, but I I would have to say that probably my the most influential in my woodwork would have to be Chris Schwarz, and then maybe that's a a bit maybe uh. Uh, I don't know, too, too populous of an answer, but, uh, really I, I stumbled across his, like I mentioned earlier on that I have, I have a roadster, a little, a little English kind of sports car, even though it's a, a made, made in Japan. But, uh, uh, the, I, 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 I stumbled across his blog in 2007. Uh, and, and when I was looking for, uh, looking for a, a green, uh, roadster with tan interior and he mentioned an MG in a blog and I, I had never, had never read, anything from him before I had been subscribing to fine woodworking for a couple of years, uh, and was kind of into that. And when I read that, I was like this, it just, it's just, it speaks in a different way. Uh, very personal, mm. uh, very storytelling instead of more of, uh, you know, like a how to up to that point. Uh, and I just probably over the next couple of months, I just poured through all his back, back blogs and, you know, read everything since. And so I would say he's probably been the most influential, uh, I mean, I think my style and his style are, are totally different, but, uh, but, you know, I, I would say definitely I've been influenced by, you know, kind of trying to make more of a, not, not, not be so concerned about like, you know, meeting perfection, uh, you know, like maybe you might have in fine woodworking is like, you know, that's all that stuff is polished to the nth, nth degree. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't not so sure that I, I reach that level of perfection, um, in my work. Uh, whereas I, I, I felt like kind of with Chris is, is sort of more like a, you know, get out there and do something and it's going to be good. So, yeah. You know, and the historical aspects and that sort of stuff is, has been very influential in, in what shaped my, my, uh, my woodworking passion, I guess. Right. I, I can agree with that uh, wholeheartedly. Um, while I didn't be, I didn't know about Chris when I kind of, fell down this path but um i quickly found him and he i i own more books that he has been, been part of than any other by by long by yeah long yeah shot, so for sure. and, and i had already fallen part way down the hand tool route i mean not that i'm i i i, I i'll give you the guys full disclosure i'm not a uh hand tool zealot but i i enjoy hand tools but it's not yeah, i'm definitely more in what we, i guess you'd call the hybrid shop where there's mm-hmm. full power full hand tools everywhere so uh uh, I was, you know, I'd fallen down that. And I still, you know, I still love the stuff that's happening at, at fine woodworking and it's, you know, there's, there's so much great work happening everywhere. Uh, but, uh, but definitely that sent me over the edge and into the slippery slope of, of woodworking as an obsession instead of a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> we can quit anytime, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just as soon as I clear out the shop space. Yeah. <laughs> Just a couple of projects. Just one more to take the edge off. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, in that woodworking, um, what has been your biggest stumbling block? I think probably the biggest stumbling block was, uh, like I kind of mentioned in earlier in our talk about that, that I, I didn't get involved. I didn't. I was just kind of on the fringes, uh, thinking that you know I could just learn. I didn't need to. Just didn't need to be engaged. And I think. Uh, getting engaged in the community, you know, kind of starting to put stuff out there, um, you know, commenting and, and, and building up kind of a, a community of, of people that you, you work with and, and know, and, and, you know, you have had that shared passion. Uh, 
that is something that held me back, I think. Uh, but by getting into that, uh, you know, after the original handworks, that really, I think, really accelerated my, my woodworking passion because, you know, now I'm, <laughs> I know I have not very many followers or people that I really care besides, you know, my mom probably <laughs> that, that makes comments on everything, but, uh, uh, that, that you, that you feel like, a a compulsion that there's, there's somebody out there that, that cares about what you're interested in. You're not just dragging your wife out into the garage to see what you've uh, been working on <laughs> that, you know, has little interest. <laughs> <laughs> well, even if she tries, I yeah. think that there's there's lots of people who care because from where I see, and off the top of my head, I have no idea how many followers you have, and I don't think that's really the point. But I think that, um, and I don't mean that to, to to minimize it, but what I mean to say is that oh, no. you're out there sharing all the time, and you're interacting with other people, and that's that's the beauty of the community is just the the participation of of everyone. So. Um, I think that you definitely. I think that 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 definitely brings um, more to my work, and I could absolutely see how it helps you in the same way. Yeah, I would agree. The same thing. Yeah, I don't really care about the number of followers I have, or whatever. But it's it's just like you say. It's like when you actually start to put something out there. It's like you feel kind of like an an onus to like I have to put some more stuff out there because I really kind of I really I want I want to. to not not to to show off, but to just to do something and kind of be engaged. Other people are putting something out there, and so I should be doing something likewise, and not just absorbing, consuming. I need to uh, I need to be participating, uh, and and I think that held me back. You know, kind of that timid that I got to wait till I'm perfect before I can show show off something. Uh, but you know, I don't have to, and it, it's great, and that's what makes you grow is because you're working with other people right. one way or another. Yeah, not not that followers are at all uh, meaningful because you have five times as many as I do, so that's fine. That's <laughs> fine. Not that we're counting. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sean, maybe it's because you're doing better better marathon than everybody. I well, my yeah. marathon time. And <laughs> okay, there you, I, go. there you go. So now I, I, think I feel because jealous. I have. <laughs> I have many interests and I don't post much of anything. And so the, uh, yeah, yeah, it's hard. It, it is. It's difficult, but no, no hats off. Um, moving on. <laughs> um, how has the internet influenced your work? Not at all. I've never even heard of the internet. What is this? Really? Thing? <laughs> no. Um, I, I mean, of course, like everyone, it's just kind of the connection to everything. There's, the internet's everywhere for woodworking if without it i don't know how i don't, I don't know how you would be a woodworker uh and and advance the, you know I don't, I don't know how how you did it in the, the 70s and 80s and 90s uh just because of the fact that, that there's there's you know unless you had somebody that could really take you under their wing that was really knowledgeable and really really successful or like you know skilled uh, i don't know how you, i don't know how you would uh it's just now there's like you know the community but there's also anything you want to find, you know, you just need to know something, just, you know, you hit YouTube, you hit, you know, some blog, you, you know, whatever there's, it's out there mm-hmm. as well as just the continual kind of firing up. You know, I used to, you get the, get the, the monthly magazines back in the nineties, right before the, before the internet was all everything. Uh, then you'd, uh, you know, you get charged up and you'd want to go out and build something. Uh, you know, now you get that every day cause there's, there's, you know, blogs and stuff on Instagram and whatever that uh, is everywhere. So, mm-hmm. Constantly no. charged, like oh, I'm, not, I'm not doing enough. <laughs> More projects. 
No, yeah, yeah. and uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I think I came up kind of similar to you. And, you know, my dad was a DIY guy. I, I, I mean, I get it. And, and yeah, I mean, you had TV shows and things to like on the weekends or once a month that that kind of had you know piqued your interest. But yeah. um, but yeah, now that now that you, you literally every time I look at a social feed, I'm finding somebody doing something you know woodworking related yeah. and, and whether i gleaned information or purely entertainment from it um yeah i mean I, I completely agree and some new project right like oh i gotta make one of those <laughs> yeah exactly like, oh yeah that's great i'll just put idea. that on the on my list of five thousand projjects I have to do. yeah <laughs> exactly i haven't quite so, started soon as i'm yeah. done with this pattern makers bench yeah exactly right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now this right. next one uh is new to me yeah now I'm going to uh, – excuse me if, I, if I'm paraphrasing this improperly, Jeremy, but um, after you're asking the five questions and six questions, I couldn't let this opportunity pass without asking you, what is your shop jam? <laughs> What's my shop jam? Yeah, see, I, I had to bring something to the, uh, to the five questions, uh, and I just kind of – I don't know where I got that question, but uh, uh, I think because – well, actually, I can, I can, I can kind of remember where – I remember – uh, uh, Conrad Sauer used to always post on his blogs when he was working in his shops. He'd post like a CD cover. If you guys can remember that far back, mm-hmm. uh, back when people used to listen to CDs, uh, but he'd have the CD uh, out when he was lapping or doing something and you'd be able to see what he was working on and what he was listening to in the shop. And that kind of made me think about, uh, you know, I, I listen to usually podcasts and stuff in the shop. Um, uh, uh, but, but I didn't, a lot of people listen to different things and so i wanted to ask that question but i also thought it was kind of a, a unique kind of two-way question in the fact that uh everybody's kind of got their jam you know what they're what they're interested in what's their what they really enjoy when they're doing something woodworking and so i wanted to ask that to kind of let them kind of freeform <clears throat> go in whatever direction they wanted to as far as what they uh, what they really enjoy about about woodworking so as far as the jams in my shop, like I mentioned, woodworking or sorry, like podcasts, you guys are on on quite regularly. Um, mm-hmm. The other guys, the other usual suspects are also yeah, on there. I've heard there's a couple uh, other guys who do woodworking podcasts. <laughs> or not. Yeah, we're I've not heard, the only ones. I've heard. Huh. <laughs> I've heard. Yeah, there's some other guys. <laughs> but um, uh, when it's not that, I'm also listening to. I'm usually listening to. Uh, uh, tends to be like uh, instrumental like uh, electronica music of one form or another mostly just because i i find i can't listen to lyrics too much without it uh distracting me from mm-hmm. the, whatever, the work that. I, works at hand uh or i also listen to a lot of like 80s hip-hop uh stuff just because it seems like that's sort of a uh, a happier time of rap and, and and hip-hop kind of thing it's just kind of more more fun and, and lively and maybe it's just kind of music I, I, I grew up on or listened to when I was young. Um, and uh, as far as, <laughs> and as far as my jam, I would say it'd be like, uh, uh, like what I enjoy is like I mentioned earlier about shaping organic kind of curved stuff. Uh, I really like art nouveau, uh, style. I'm definitely not, uh, super capable in that, in that world. I like, but, uh, but that's definitely the 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 event I like chair making that sort of stuff is all all the, the fluid lines and all that stuff is really, really that's 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 what really gets me going when it comes to woodworking. So. Excellent, that is absolutely fantastic. I appreciate and you actually, yeah, I mean, I have to I have to share I have to share one last one little story. Okay. Whenever I'm listening to '80s hip hop, <laughs> I have to say I, I have this connection with you. And the Beastie Boys. I have no idea why, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I know they're from New York, but I don't think they're from where exactly where you're at in Long Island. But uh, 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 yeah, anyway, so 
for whatever for whatever reason, I, I have this. Whenever I, whenever I think of you, I think of the Beastie Boys, like License to Ill, that old rest, that old, old record, and like <laughs> whenever they're on the re- record, I always think I'm imagining uh, <laughs> I'm wow. imagining you doing that. I don't know why, I, but I appreciate weird. that connection. Um, they're not where I where I would have gone in terms of ease hip hop, but um, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know yeah. if I remember correct I forget but some some of the MCAs from Brooklyn you know so the how I'm cooking yeah they're or from New York like I'm not yeah. I can't remember yeah. exactly where all they're the at, birds but... yeah <laughs> they're from all five boroughs as far as I know aren't there only three of them <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> that's how much we know about New York yeah we're middle westerners for helping me out absolutely we're, we're not from that uh, that that coast. <laughs> So it's all it's all New York to us. Well, that's that's exactly. our that's our New York math. Is one person can be from all five boroughs. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> all right. No, that, that's awesome. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna now I'm gonna think of you, Jeremy. Next time I hear Beastie Boys. That's um, well, as as we wrap this up, Jeremy, I want to thank you again for coming on with us. I really want to thank you for doing all the uh, mobile recording for us at Handworks. Um, and I want to give you the opportunity. Where can people find out more about you online? All right. It was an honor to, to uh, be able to ask uh, questions of everybody at Handworks and I'd gladly do it again in a second or any other event I get to go to. But where people can find me, I'm at uh, J-M-A-W Works uh, on Instagram and on the blog spot. Uh, so uh, you can find me there and, uh, you know, hope, hopefully uh, you know, send some comments my way or whatever. Just you know, hit me up there and, and I'm happy to make comments and make connections with with whoever's whoever's there see what i'm doing what what, what you're doing so anyway, nice to talk with you guys and uh hope to hear from everyone excellent and uh i'm sean uh w78 on most social medias instagram twitter Did you and, just forget your last uh, name no <laughs> you, you had a pause uh, there it sounded like you were stumbling <laughs> over your last name and went into your twitter handle because it was easier yes and because uh, I have a dumb Polish name, um, and uh, and I'm I'm Sean with Newscan Facebook. Find me uh, there. See, I have a short Polish name. Uh, mm-hmm. I am Diami Plotki of uh, Penultimate Woodshop, and I am on Twitter at Diami Plotki. I'm on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Untapped, and you can find me at ModernWoodworkersAssociation.com. So, uh, with that. Go get your shop jam on, and we will talk to you next week. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. Kyle Barton here with your MWA Woodworking News. First up, Popular Woodworking has two posts by Chris Schwartz on chair building. In the first post, Chris uses a cordless drill and a 1 8 inch Forstner bit to help shape a seat. He takes the Forstner bit to various depths around the seat to help saddle it. He then follows that up with a scorp, a travisher, and then I assume a card scraper and maybe even some sanding. It's a very interesting technique and one I'm going to try out on my next chair. In the second post, Chris Schwartz explains how to fix a split seat. This can happen when you're driving the rear legs into the seat blank with just a little too much force. This can cause the seat to split clean apart. I've had this happen to me, but uh, I was lucky in that was confined only to the bottom of the seat and was able to fix it with a few Dutchmen. But if you're an aspiring chair builder, I would pay particular attention to this post because it will happen to you. To check out both of these posts, please visit popularwoodworking.com and look for Chris Schwartz's blog. Peter Galbert, the renowned Windsor chair builder, is opening up a school. Previously, he's taught at such schools like North Bennett Street, but is now looking to open up a school in southern Maine. 
He hopes to open in the spring of 2018 and offer classes through the fall. The school's name is going to be the Galbert School of Craft. You can find more information on this at his blog called Chair Notes. You can find that at chairnotes.blogspot.com. Shannon Rogers, the Renaissance woodworker, has a new video on his site called the Beginner's Hand Tool Kit. It's an informative video going over the tools to get started in hand tool woodworking. To check that out, please visit renaissancewoodworker.com. And now for tool announcements. At Handworks a couple of weeks ago, there were a couple announcements that caught my eye. Veritas, a division of Lee Valley, had a production unit of the long-rumored large combination plane. Looks like there's a wide variety of profiles you can buy for it. While this is not formally on their website yet, it should be up there anytime now. Crucible Tools introduced their design curves at Handworks. These aren't your garden variety plastic French curves like you had back in school. These are curves made out of bamboo to be strong and stable. And they're large. The largest curve is about 12 inches long, and there are two smaller curves in the set that are 6 inches long. They're also reasonably priced. The set of three curves is only $37. Visit crucibletool.com for more information. Woodpeckers is back with another one-time tool. It's a GB225 gauge block. This is a thick stainless steel triangle that has graduations on the ends. One uh, end is in imperial measurements, the other end is in metric. And looking at this, I can think of a myriad of uses for it. I'm really thinking about picking one up. They're $60, and you can find more information at woodpeck.com. Jason Thickpin over at Texas Heritage Woodworks has introduced the saddlebag. The saddlebag is a convenient way to keep all those essential items that don't really fit anywhere else close at hand. It's designed with pencils, rulers, dividers, and such in mind. The saddlebag can be mounted to nearly any vertical wooden surface and mounts using four brass screws through leather-reinforced hanging points. It's about 18 inches long and 6 inches wide. This is another product I'm really interested in. I'm taking a three-week class this fall, so to prepare for that class, I'm actually going to build one of the Dutch tool chests to uh, cart my tools up to the class. I think this would be an excellent product to install inside of those that Dutch tool chest to, you know, organize those things like uh, uh, rulers, dividers, combination squares, pencils, marking knives, etc. And also, when I get home, I could just simply unscrew it from the tool chest and screw it into the wall. Or I've even seen these installed on the side of a bench, which is kind of interesting. For more information on the Texas Heritage Woodwork Saddlebag, please visit texasheritage.net. That's txheritage.net. And now, a tip from the shop. Double stick tape. I believe we've all had our struggles with Turner's tape or even carpet tape. Sometimes it works too well, and it can be difficult to get the two pieces back apart again. I learned this trick over at Crimson Guitar's YouTube channel. Ben over there is a master luthier, and I believe this is a luthier's trick. It basically involves masking tape and CA glue. You put masking tape on the two parts that you want to uh, join together and put a little CA glue on the masking tape. You can even spray activator on the other piece and then put them together and they will truly stick together. Now, you want to be careful with the CA glue. You don't want to put too much as it squeezes out past the masking tape. But this works extremely well. I've used it for router operations, bandsaw operations, you name it. I think if you give this technique a try, you'll use it again and again like I do. Well, that about wraps it up for this time. So, if you have any news or announcements for the MWA community, just send me an email at barton.kyle.d at gmail.com.